I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In this episode of How Do You Hustle, we talk to the co-founder of Sunroom, Michelle Battersby. I've followed Michelle for a really long time and I've really loved following her career along the way and seeing what she's achieved. I recently reached out to her to come on the podcast because I have noticed she's talking a lot about the issues around women navigating transitions in their career and the whole idea of being able to work, run an organization and also have a family. So in this chat, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about how she got started, where she's at today and the exciting things she's got ahead of her. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording, the Yugambeh people, and paying respects to elders past, present, and emerging. So today on How Do You Hustle, we're joined by Michelle Battersby. She is the co-founder of Sunroom. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I have wanted to have you on the podcast for ages, and I felt like it was a bit of a sign. You've been uh, coming up in my algorithm <laughs> lately. And so I reached out. I'm really glad I did because I'm excited to be talking to you today. I mean, hopefully I can add more value in this session <laughs> than on my on my Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's, always, it's always different, but I feel like it's like it's good different. I love being able to... Mm. Um, get, you know, get a little bit deeper with people. How would you describe your current role and what you do at Sunroom? Yeah, so I'm the co-founder and chief marketing officer at Sunroom. So I suppose because I'm one of the founders, it's really a jack of all trades type role. I'm running the company, trying to motivate people, focused on our growth. But my main day-to-day is leading the marketing team, social media team, overseeing our content strategy. But I'm really trying to win creators. So I probably pitch anywhere from three to maybe 10 creators a day. Wow. And I just try to convince them to join Sunroom. I'm basically a saleswoman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a very interesting role. And like, I must admit, I have, um, I have like seen Sunroom and I think it's like really great what the offering is, right? Because it's, the whole thing is about um, being able to monetize for creators rather than just be on Instagram and not getting obviously paid for a lot of your content. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, traditionally, there have only really been two ways for creators to make money. That's brand deals and ad revenue share agreements with like YouTube, for example. I think as you become a bigger creator, those opportunities open up, like maybe you do collections or brand collaborations. Maybe you have your own merch. Maybe you do live workouts, but the more traditional methods are definitely ad share agreements and brand deals, but those can often be really inconsistent and they can also lead to creators losing their authenticity because they might be promoting things they don't actually believe in, or maybe they're trying to appeal to a brand that they want to work with. So they're losing themselves a little bit. So it's cool that there's now this new category that's emerged over the past few years, which is all about creators being able to directly monetize their audience. And it's almost like a lazy way to make money, to be honest, because it's a passive income and it's really your own corner of the internet. Like all of these platforms are essentially just vessels for you to make money, but you get to show up there and kind of be who you want to be, show what you want to show. And you can stay a little bit more authentic because it's really just going to be for your true fans and the people that are most obsessed with you and want to be able to chat with you or see a little bit more about your personal life. I love that. And I think if people really are interested in creators, they are happy to pay because you see all those like broadcast channels now that are rising up, like people want to support the creators they love. So I think it's great that you're providing a platform for that as well. Thanks. Yeah. I think people are often surprised at the fact you can actually make money doing that. Yeah. Um, and you almost need to just give it a go to prove to yourself that it's actually legit. And then I feel most of the feedback we get is I actually can't believe that that I can do this. So it's worth exploring. That's amazing. So did you see yourself getting into this kind of work, like when you started out your career and yeah, like how did your career kind of start? Definitely not at the start of my career. So I used to work in investment banking as an HR generalist. So I was mainly firing people. So I used to make people redundant a lot and I used to investigate people for um, breaching certain policies like misuse of company card or some of the sadder ones were probably more around workplace bullying Mm. Um, and, and things like that. So I was investigating grievance issues and then deciding what the outcome should be. So I, I think I got into it cause I'm kind of nosy and you just got to really understand, you know, the dirt that was going on in companies. But I also just felt like whilst it was really interesting work, I couldn't see myself doing it for the rest of my life. So I think like most people, once you are at a bit of a loss, you just start talking to people, start exploring different options. And it was that transitional period that got me into tech startups. And as soon as I gained exposure to tech startups, I I did become a bit obsessed with them. Like I love the scale of a tech startup. I love that you can make something a globally recognized brand. I love that you have the ability to create movements and really spark interesting conversations and ignite change. So I think I'm now probably most obsessed with that scale of it and how you can positively influence people's lives. So 
I've worked in tech startups for maybe seven years, seven or eight years now. Oh, wow. And it's what led me to my my own. Yeah. So you worked in other startups before this one as well. Yeah. yeah. I worked at Bumble and I worked at Keep It Cleaner, a health and wellness app. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I think it's a really interesting space. I've spoken to a couple of people in tech and um yeah, such an exciting and like emerging space. And there's like so much room for like growth, right? Like apart from like some industries where you're just not seeing that anymore. Yeah. I mean, it definitely depends where where you're at. Like I think the tech space has recently undergone a lot of change. Like there is a recession at the moment. So mm. it's obviously hard to raise money. Um, there are very, very aggressive groups growth goals attached with running a tech startup but I I think they attract a certain kind of person I don't really think tech startups I just don't think startups in general are for everyone like if you're looking for stability if you're looking for comfort if you're looking to clock in and clock out I would not recommend working at a startup but if you are really an obsessive type personality like being able to come up with something and drive it through to completion. You like that sense of ownership. You like taking risks. Then I think it's a interesting space. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. I feel like that's me. So maybe I'm in the wrong industry. (laughs) (laughs) You've spoken recently about some pretty big news. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. How are you feeling at the moment? Thanks. Yeah. So I recently announced I'm pregnant. I think before getting into any pregnancy content, it's, it's always a good idea to just issue a trigger warning. Like, yeah, for sure. It's obviously important to be um, aware of anyone experiencing infertility or loss, but I had also found pregnancy content really triggering, just not knowing when my time would come. So I think even if you're someone who's exploring when might be the right time if you're in the right environment if you're with the right partner I think pregnancy even if you just want to have kids I think pregnancy content can be really triggering so I just want to put that out there because it had been triggering for me you know watching Mm. people's IVF journeys served as a reminder you know maybe I'll experience hardship watching people freeze their eggs was a reminder that I hadn't done that Watching people announce that they're pregnant was a reminder that they're doing something that I felt like I couldn't. Um, So Mm. for me, I'd been delaying having kids for about five years. I just didn't really feel like that was something I could do in my industry, in my role. I felt like it would be quite a selfish decision for me to do that. And so I'd been definitely telling myself this narrative that um I just shouldn't do it and then I found out I was pregnant and it was a surprise and I just found myself not feeling that happy you know feeling quite scared feeling quite guilty all of that selfishness was coming up and so I wanted to just be really honest about the nuance involved with pregnancy because I think we're often so used to seeing really happy, positive announcements, and that's amazing and that's so worthy and totally. those are definitely real emotions. But I think when you're someone who 
has been quite unsure, you can feel like there's something wrong with you in the moment that you find out you're pregnant. So I documented that and just told my my whole story. And I think in doing that, I was just able to, to make more people feel seen. Um, and that was that was kind of the point, just to put something out there that would hopefully make less people feel alone. Yeah, and I, I absolutely I actually just got goosebumps. I feel like what the way you said it um, struck me, I will say, and I don't know if I'll keep this in, but I am also pregnant, not not too far <laughs> behind you. And, um, oh, yeah, I'm, like, getting almost emotional because when I saw your post, that was how I had been feeling. I had been quite anxious, mm-hmm. like every emotion under the sun. And yeah. I felt like something was wrong with me. And obviously I am excited, but it is, I feel like it's not spoken about like how life-changing that news is. And you also yeah. can feel quite alone in that. Absolutely. And then the fact that you have to keep it to yourself for 12 yeah. weeks or like the rules say, yeah, I shouldn't tell anyone. So it really adds to that feeling of isolation. It's also... I mean, I'm in my second trimester now and I feel worlds different, you know, to my first trimester. That first trimester is so hard emotionally, physically, but you're also like grieving yourself Mm. as you've ever known known it. Your life is changes in an instant. Your sense of self almost changes in an instant and you're trying to work out what that means for you and that looks different for everyone and it's not like we're ungrateful like I'm so grateful oh absolutely like I'm yeah I've had like a couple of um scares throughout my pregnancy already and it's just really made me feel like oh my god I'm so grateful for this and I just can't imagine experiencing loss and just that added layer of of grief and complexity so it's not like we're ungrateful and yeah we we don't take for granted how fortunate we are but I also think we should be able to speak about the complexity and to speak about how layered the emotions are because it's something that probably isn't given enough airtime and I think it just adds to that isolation and change where we're already experiencing and trying to process. Yeah, and feeling it like I've never felt like I had to feel a certain way to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a, yeah. like such a bizarre yeah. thing like to like you almost have to like put on a bit of a show. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's so weird is like, I, I've had really mixed emotions to my news. So I don't want to go into too much detail, but there were some people that I told where it really added to my guilt and it reminded me exactly why I'd been scared. I was like, oh God, you know, I was, I was right to feel like I might be judged for this because I'm already finding myself in a position where I'm having to convince someone I can do this. Like I'm already, I'm already being doubted. And so those first, you know, few conversations that reminded me why I'd been scared then made me, they kind of extinguished any little bit of joy I did have. And then I remember I finally started 
opening up to a couple of friends and one of my friends like screamed and was crying and Mm. hugged me and I was like oh my god and then I started crying and I was like oh this is so weird like this is actually the first person I've told who's been overjoyed and responded just so positively and I was like okay you know I can be happy about this but I think and I don't want to scare people in sharing this story but I think it's just very natural for women to experience real inconsistencies with yeah. who they tell and how people respond. I think it's also determined on what other people might be going on or yes. what other people's prejudices are or what other people's experiences are. So yeah, I don't really agree. think anyone's to blame. I just think it's a result of how complicated this whole thing is. Yes, agreed. And and like you said, it is such a triggering thing. Um, so yeah. I feel like I've had to be very careful like even when people ask me how I'm feeling, I'm feeling like absolute death every day. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, because like, did you say ex- you're 11 weeks? Yeah, and I'm expected to oh. be like, I feel amazing. I don't feel amazing. I'm not going to lie no. to you. <laughs> no, honestly, but, you know, I, 7 to 11 was the worst for me. Like yeah. I feel like you're in the thick in the of trenches. it. I, yeah. I didn't know it could get worse and it gets worse. It's not good. Yeah. I just <laughs> but feel then it gets better. Yeah. Yes. But, uh- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, I think as well, like something I identified in what you said is like, if you have been someone that has put your career sort of in the forefront for a lot of the time and the same with me, like that is kind of the reason I haven't done it sooner. And it is the reason I probably would have kept putting it off. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, like it, it's kind of confronting because you're like, okay, well, like even taking time off, I've never done that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who am I if I'm not this person I am in my career? Like, have you felt that a little bit, the, the identity stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, I hadn't thought I would take any time off. And I think that was me again still probably being a little bit embedded in all these previously held beliefs and judgment and stigma like okay I can do this but I am now gonna have to make this look easy I'm gonna have to make this look like it does not affect my ability to work at all so I was Mm -hmm. like trying to be a hero and just saying you know you won't even notice like it'll be like nothing will change I just might go away for a week and then I'll be back Wow. And then I actually caught up with um, our lead investor at Sunroom and our investors finding out was something that I was worried about. I, yeah. I felt like, would I be letting them down? Would they wish they didn't invest any, like, would they think I'm not that serious? Would they think my priorities have changed? Like, how were they going to feel towards me? And so I was really scared and I then caught up with our lead investor and he was just amazing like he actually said you have to set the business up to survive without you for six months and hearing that I was like holy fuck like me go away for six months like not work for six months I'm not gonna do that um but I love and look I don't know if I am gonna do that but I really love and value and respect so much that he has given me permission to do that and and him saying that to me was just this huge relief and weight off my shoulders because and and I think as I reflect on it it would be very irresponsible of me to not set the business up like that so I am gonna do that like I will set it up to survive without me for six months I don't know if I will do that. Yeah, you might at least, still. Yeah, it'll at least give me the flexibility to take some time if I need and then it's like a bonus if I'm around. I reckon I will probably last. I think it would be hard for me to last a month. Wow. Like really hard um, just given my whole, just how I am as a person. Yeah. Like I think I'll find that really hard. But I, again, and this is why so many women are scared. You really just don't know. You don't know. I don't know what this pregnancy will be like. I don't know what childbirth will be like. I don't know what kind of child I'm going to have. I don't know if in the moment I see this little thing, if I'm just going to think, oh, I need to be with you 24 seven for the next six months, you know, (laughs) like I just don't know. Don't know. So I think it's definitely a privilege to be able to give yourself that space. But I also Mm. just think it's really important to have people around you that are giving you permission to do that and making you feel supported in doing that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause I actually, something you posted I was laughing you were like saying you were going to be in the hospital like returning emails and calls or something and I was like surely not oh oh, no I mean I don't I really just don't know you don't um yeah but I think also like in in all of these conversations it's been really good because in everything I've written and put out there 
I really said from the start, I don't want any of that, like, just you wait type energy. No. And so I haven't had any of that, which has Good. been the unsolicited. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had any of that, which has been amazing. Um, yeah. But I've already started to get like a little taste of, I posted something on my stories the other day saying I really missed smoked salmon. And then I had all these people in my DMs telling me about how I can still eat smoked salmon. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, do you really think I'm going to listen to some random person I've never met before telling me the different ways I can eat smoked salmon? Like I live no. in fucking America. The food <laughs> standards over here are ridiculous. Like, trust me, you would not just risk it at a restaurant because you want smoked salmon. Wow. Um, but I just started to get that sense of, oh, there are probably just going to be people that tell you how they've done it. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like going to be a whole other thing to navigate is those boundaries. And, you know, I'm sure you're a very independent person as am I, like I do things my way and I do not want interference. And so that's going to be a challenge, I think. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like my, my sisters and mum all like pediatric nurses and my brother-in-law is a pediatric plastic surgeon and I'm like I've already got access to enough unsolicited advice so I really don't need anyone else's you want to like put a sticker on you like no unsolicited advice please please don't touch um, me either (laughs) yeah I'm good (laughs) what do you think are the biggest challenges for women that do want to do both Mm. like have their career have a family and do you think we have made progress? Because mm. as much as we have, I think you realise when you're in it, like the options aren't that wide, you know. It, yeah. Well, for some businesses they are, but, you know, it really is you go on leave or you do childcare, like that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's such a good question. I I think we have made progress, like, I think back to even my my mum who is a nurse and back when she was younger, if you were a nurse that got pregnant, you actually did have to leave the workforce because you were no longer deemed as physically able. True. So I think we've definitely made progress in, in areas and I do think Australia does have some great protective laws in place. I think the issue is it doesn't really matter what laws or policies you have if women don't feel safe to take Mm. up those options. And so I actually think where the issue lies is more within a business, cultural, conversational level because I went out on my Instagram stories to check, you know, am I... I can't be the only one who's felt like it has to be one or the other. So I ran a poll and I asked women if they felt scared to tell their employer that Mm. they were pregnant and 68% of women said yes and over 3,000 women responded. And I also asked the question, do you feel like having a baby would jeopardise your career? And 86% said yes. Yeah, that so, so that, crazy. that is a huge problem. Like mm. that shows there are issues within businesses. If women don't yeah. feel safe to say I'm pregnant, they feel scared about navigating navigating that conversation. That means they do feel like it's going to impact them. And they, they're saying that as well. They're saying I feel like it'll impact my career. So I think if I was running a big business, 
I would actually be running a survey internally myself. I would be asking questions like this and trying to identify if there is a cultural issue within this business that makes women feel like they're not safe or they won't be celebrated having a baby. I think a lot of employers still view pregnancy as a threat to productivity mm. and that's where this fear comes from we don't know if it will be celebrated when we tell someone yeah. or if they're gonna you know overlook us for pay rises stop giving us promotions like is our job truly going to be safe um yeah and so I think that the businesses that get this though will get ahead because there's women graduating uni at a higher rate than men in Australia. That means they're going to be entering the workforce more. They're going to have these needs. And so the businesses that show they get this and care about this and have initiatives in place that people feel safe to take on, those will be the companies that get the best talent. Um, But I really think it comes down to there are businesses that are leaders in this space. Like they offer egg freezing for their employees they have equal equal paid parental leave no matter what gender you are it's just if you've had a baby you can go and take this huge chunk of leave and so I think those kinds of things make the conversation a little bit less gendered as well like how can we share this fear it kind of sucks that it's really women who have to deal with this So how can we get to places where more fathers are taking parental leave and exiting businesses for longer periods of time and sharing that load? That would mean that more people have experience with taking time off and managing how they feel when they take time off and how they return to work when they take time off, which just makes everything a little bit more equal and everyone a little bit more aware. Um, But I, like, don't have the answers. I just really think it's been good to talk about this stuff because... I don't think it's really been spoken about that fear and the fear from within a workplace. And if we can keep talking about that, we can make more businesses aware of it and it can be something that they actually prioritise. Yeah, I love that you're talking about this because, yeah, it's one of the first things that comes up when you find out, I feel. You're like, oh, God, I'm going to have to tell. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And what am I going to do? Like, what's my plan? Like, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I've... I've had women message me saying um, I cried when I told my employer and I apologize. Like there are so many women apologizing in the moment when they share they're pregnant. But it also is on the other end. Like I've had many women reach out to me who have experienced loss and they're Mm. in a workplace where they've never felt safe to tell their employer they're pregnant. Now they're dealing with a pregnancy loss and they can't tell their employer because they don't want their employer to know they're even trying to start a family. So they're just grieving in silence. Horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other thing, isn't it? Like how many women are out there just grieving in silence in general, let alone in workplaces? Like it's just unimaginable. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I I do think there's honestly a lot of work to still be done in this zone. Agreed. And I also just think maybe it is a response to, I mean, I don't know how old you you are, but I feel like my generation, like people in their early 30s, like we've had access to 
yeah, so much opportunity. We're really ambitious. We want to like make our own money. And we also, a lot of us want to have children. And so like our needs are evolving. And so attitudes need to evolve and keep up with those needs. For sure. I love that. Do you have any advice for someone starting a company or like helping start a company with multiple priorities on the go as at the same time? Big question, I know. <laughs> mm, that is a big question. I actually think I I think when you hear of all these founder narratives and expectations, it's like you need to be laser focused and you need to make sacrifices. But I actually think that narrative is what was like contributing to all of my fear and you don't really know how someone's going to take that on and then what they're going to put themselves through what's their sacrifice going to be how are they going to make themselves struggle um and so I think years ago I probably would have answered that question by you need to make it your number one priority and you need to like ruthlessly prioritize and like let everything else fall to the wayside but I actually don't think that's even a sustainable way of, no. of going about things. And when I really look at my own career, like I've actually always had a couple of key priorities. Like maybe it's my work, but like social is also heavily intertwined yeah. with work. Maybe it's my work, but travel is also like yeah. a benefit of that job. And now it will be work and a baby, you know, and I actually think it's important to have something else as well because otherwise you just won't live a fulfilled fulfilled life and I think you'll that's actually when you burn out to be honest that's good advice yeah I always find if I've had time off I come back with so many fresh ideas and like inspired and like even with the podcast I'm like way more into it you know yeah um so I'll just um ask as well so if people would like to follow you or find you or join sunroom how can they do that Mm. you can join sunroom by going to the app store and just searching for sunroom and then i think it says connect with creators uh you can also follow sunroom on instagram it's sunroom.so and for me probably just my instagram as well which is michelle battersby amazing thank you so much michelle and yeah i really love this chat i honestly feel like i could talk about this stuff all day because Mm, I feel like a lot of my friends, <laughs> my friends aren't in it yet. Well, a couple of them are, but um, my professional friends are not in this yet. So I am very excited for like being that person that people can come to, to talk about this stuff. And like, mm. I love that you're speaking out about it. And I think I really hope we see more of that. And like, even people announcing early, like it shouldn't matter, mm. you know? So thank you. Like, Honestly, I mean it, what you shared um, really helped me in those, in the trenches. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And congratulations. And I hope you feel more like Better yourself soon. soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Um, and yeah, all the best to you. And I'll be uh, following along as well to see how it all goes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I really loved talking to Michelle. And obviously we have a lot in common at the moment. So it was really nice to just candidly be able to share with someone who is going through something similar as well. If you would like to show us some love, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, 
or on Spotify. You can also leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. And you can follow us at How Do You Hustle on Instagram. We will be back in the new year with some really exciting episodes. I know this is such a busy time of year. Try and take some time out to just reflect and recover from what's been a really busy year for a lot of us and prepare for the year ahead and figure out what it is that you actually want for this year. Uh, It's important, I think, to kind of step out of the hustle and bustle and kind of you know, look at things from an outsider's perspective and really evaluate what worked and what didn't from the year that's gone and what you want to get out of the year coming. So with that being said, I can't wait to see you all then. And thank you so much for joining us. This has been our biggest year yet. We have charted in so many countries. I posted something the other day from my Spotify wrapped saying that we had been listened to in more than 50 countries, um, which is just crazy to me. We've yeah grown so much and had some really, really incredible guests that I'd only dreamed of having on the show. So thank you to all the guests, all the listeners, and yeah, take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.